Uli na natin, okay. Ito yung siya. Ito yung weird. Around 70% hindi natutuwa sa government management of inflation. Around 70% ay saying na ito yung pinaka-urgent na issue, itong inflation management. Pero yung approval rating ni President BBM at saka ni Vice President Duterte ay around 70% too. So, how does that make sense, right? Kung kung ang kung daming tao ay hindi natutuwa sa management ng isang issue na napakamahalaga sa karamihan ng tao, then bakit ang taas ang approval ratings ng president and vice president mo? Kaya nga sabi ko, you don't take approval ratings surveys on face value, right? You can accept that the survey is legit, the methodology is correct, but you still have to interrogate it qualitatively, di ba? So, kaya nga sabi ko, dapat titing, actually mas mahalaga na titignan mo yung, yung approval ng tao on a case-to-case basis when it comes to key policies. That's where ma- makikita mo kung ano talagang sentimento ng tao. But again, we can have a long conversation about this. I'm just saying, sometimes kung na-interrogate mo talaga yung survey, some, some of them make, don't make sense. So, I remember during Digong's time, more than 7 out of 10 Filipinos said they approved the drug war. But more than 8 out of 10 Filipinos said they're worried na they're worried about EJK. They oppose EJK. Right? So, so how do you reconcile that? Parang ridiculous yung situation. Diba? So, ulitin natin. Oh, so... <laughs> Ito yung situation natin. More than 70% identify inflation as the most important issue in the country in terms of urgency. More than 70% are saying hindi sila natutuwa dun sa management of inflation. And then more than 70% or around 70% approve yung performance ng president and vice president mo. So that has to be interrogated. So you cannot just take them on face value. In the same way na panon hindi gong, more than 70% approved the drug war, but more than 80% are opposing EJK or were concerned about EJK or were fearful of what it meant. So, what did he So, in that case, the explanation ko was, they agree with the drug war in principle, but they want a better method. Na hindi kasing bara-bara. Siguro, they want a drug war minus all these EJKs. So, you have to interrogate that. You cannot just take it on face value and say, ito yung approval rating, therefore, napakagaling yung presidente. And I always say this, no? Most of the time, the good, competent presidents are actually the ones that are not popular. Because doing the right thing is usually the unpopular thing. Because doing the right thing means sacrifice, meaning maraming kang babanggayin, uh, meaning may mga gagawin ka na masakit in the short run, but they're good for the country and the people in the long run. It's like diet. But <laughs> in the long run, it's good for you. right? Uh, you know, so, so, Popularity numbers actually do not mean much. What you have to look at is competence in terms of managing your top and most important issues. That's a more uh, reasonable way of approaching these kinds of surveys. Okay? So if you look at it, again, uh, so 70% of Filipinos disapprove the Marcos administration performance on inflation, which I said is concern of 70% of people, right? Uh, so actually, net approval rating on controlling inflation is negative 64%. Negative 64% yung uh, approval of uh, handling of inflation issue. Uh, and so on and so forth. I mean, on other issues, they're also not doing very well. Now, having said that, kamusta naman yung kalagayan ng ating ekonomiya? Now, if you look at 2024, it's, it's really a mixed bag. No, and because it's a mixed bag, uh, ang maging laro dito is <laughs> hindi naman spinning, but potential ang maging laro dito is um, you know packaging and presentation. So I'll give I'll give you an example. So this is a very interesting case. So 
Nagsi-check lang ako about foreign direct investments. Of course, yung mga ibang kameta natin, uh, uh, familiar kayo dito, marami tayong mga vlogs about industrial policy, trade policy, nakausap natin mga kaibigan natin, mga ekonomista, historiador, mga experts. I talked about my take on industrial and trade policies, etc. So we had a lot of economics-related vlogs dito uh, in the past. And in fact, one of our best podcasts, actually, three out of our top 20 podcasts had to do with industrial policy, trade policy, etc. And the responses were very good. Uh, a number of ambassadors, etc. So thank you so much for, 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 for the support, mga kameta. Now, going back to this, you know, these are the things that I find very interesting in the Philippines. So I was just looking about, okay, anong kalagayan ng foreign direct investment? Kasi yung ating minamahal na Pangulo, ang dami niyang travels. By the way, mag-travel ulit siya next week, pupunta naman Vietnam, di ba? Um, so, kamusta naman? Ito na, lamp- almost two years na siya in, in power, di ba? Lampas na sa isang taon since yung mga first major travels niya, di ba? September pa lang ng 2022, nag nag New York na siya, and then nag-Europe na siya noong October, nag-Brussels, gano'n. So, kamusta naman ang foreign direct investment? So, I was just curious, and then I went and said, okay, let's check. Kamusta ang latest FDI? And this is the interesting thing that we see. So, Look at how, let's be nice, or maybe not. Medyo deceptive eh, tignan mo. So, if you look at the title of this news report, it says, Philippines surpasses Malaysia, Thailand in net foreign direct investments. Like, wow, impressive. Tinalo natin Thailand. Ang Thailand po, ang Detroit of Southeast uh, of Asia. Karamihan ng mga ginagamit natin mga kotse. Lalo yung mga Toyota ay ginagawa, hindi sa Japan, hindi sa China, ginagawa dyan sa Thailand. So Thailand produces more than 1 million cars a year. Close to 2 million, I think, some point. Now, humahabo lang Indonesia and Vietnam. Of course, Vietnam may selling brand sila. And in Malaysia naman, Malaysia is known as the Silicon Valley of Asia. Not only it's a relatively wealthy country, they're almost a high-income country. So in two to three years, Malaysia will be classified as a high-income country. Finally, ma-achieve nila ng matagal. And, uh, you know, Malaysia has the proton cars, their own industrial base, etc. So, I mean, natin, medyo malayo sila sa atin pagdating sa, uh, sa some of the fundamentals of economics. No? Industrial manufacturing capacity, per capita income. I think Thailand's per capita income is around seven to $8,000. Philippines is just around $4,000. So, twice na mas mayaman ng isang average Thai compared to an average Filipino. So, we're roughly 10 years behind them. In terms of per capita income. And then Malaysia is, I think, almost $11,000. So almost three times more in per capita income nila. And we're not even looking at the quality of their economic growth. We're not even looking at uh, income inequality. Now, of course, developing country din silang parop. Wala sa kanyang dalawa OECD. But still, malayang malayo sila sa atin on many fronts. So impressive. Titignan mo itong title na to. Sinisabi, Philippines surpasses Malaysia and Thailand in net foreign direct investments. And then like, okay, basahin natin. Anong meron? So, ito. <laughs> ito talaga. Yan ang sinasabi kong problema natin, mga kameta talaga. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> okay, papakita ko lang dito sa mga kaibigan natin dito sa kabila na hindi nila nakita. Don't worry guys, i-upload ko rin ito separately para makita niyo naman with the PowerPoint, etc. Um, mga lobat na ito. Ito. Ito yung ibang version niya. Patience lang. Ito, ito, okay. So, this is the other version. Ito yung billionaire version. Kaya, kita nyo. Oh, tingnan. Nakalagay dito. You know, Philippines surpasses Malaysia, Thailand, Netflix. And then, nung binasa mo, 
So Philippines nakalampas, I mean, nilampasan natin, no? Sige, nilampasan natin sa net foreign investment ang Malaysia and Thailand in the first three quarters 2023 ayon sa Department of Trade and Industry undersecretary. Okay, whatever. And then, pag tinignan mo 'yan, actually tinalo lang natin sila in terms of mas marami ang nawalang investment sa kanila kaysa sa atin. So parang it's like a it's a war in terms of negative. So kunya, kung negative uh isa ito ah. So Vietnam actually posted a 2% growth in their net FDI. Tapos sinabi pa dito minimal. Okay, ang yabang natin, mini-minimal lang natin yung positive 2.2% ng Vietnam. Pero purong negative sa ibang bansa. So actually, in the case of uh, the Philippines, 15.9, ang bumaba. 16% ang reduction ng net FDI inflow. So, so yung pumasok at lumabas, negative pa ang total. So, mas maraming lumabas kaysa pumasok sa FDI last year sa Pilipinas. Sa first three quarters. Now, proud na proud tayo uh, na 16% negative lang to dahil it's 18% in Indonesia, 50% in Thailand, and 60% in Malaysia. Right? So, this is interesting. So, for the first three quarters of 2020, the Philippines' net inflows amounted to 5.8 billion pesos higher than Malaysia's 4.9 in Thailand's 4.4. Okay. Now, the good news is that that kind of makes us number three in the region because we're just next after Singapore as usual. But alam niyo naman sa Singapore. Actually, yung pumapasa sa Singapore, usually nadidistribute yan across the region. Eh. So, given naman number one ng Singapore. Yung Vietnam, kasi nagpost pa sila ng positive. Yung Philippines, number three tayo. Pero, Parang it's like having one eye in a valley of blind people. Parang ganun eh. So, 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 this is my problem. When you look at it, ang Pilipinas, napakababa already yung FDI stock natin. Yung foreign direct investment stock natin ay napakalit kumpara dun sa mga kapitbahay natin. So, kahit sila, mawalan sila ng, I don't know, 10 billion last year, wala yan in the greater scheme of things. Dahil yung FDI stock nila ay half a trillion dollars. Right? Pero Pilipinas, sabi natin, 50-60 billion lang yung total FDI stock natin. Kung nawalan tayo ng 10 billion, ang laki makawala sa atin. 15 to 20% ang makawala sa atin. So, this is what I'm saying. Um, in fact, yun ang tinatawag na advantage of disadvantage or something like that or advantage of laggards. or So, panahon ng uh, um, uh, Asian financial crisis, for instance. Philippines actually suffered very low reductions in its GDP compared dun sa mga kapitbahay natin na I think 20% in Indonesia. But that was because the Philippines was less integrated and less developed than its than its counterpart. So, of course, madali mo sabihin na ang galing naman ng Pilipinas, nilampasan natin mga kapitbahay natin, pero nilampasan natin sila kasi hindi naman tayo talaga masyadong we were not even there in the conversation to begin with, right? It's like, medyo kulelat ka nga sa klase and then bumaba yung grado mo pero mas mas bumaba yung grado nila. Pero overall, mas mataas pa rin sila sa'yo, di ba? So kung ikaw ay medyo laggard historically, you cannot afford to, ra- to, to get into a race of, you know, into a race to the bottom race, right? You have to be in a positive territory. At the very least, you have to be like Vietnam because Vietnam is catching up. Alam niyo naman, Vietnam, napakahirap na bansa, war-stricken, dami lang crisis, problems. So mga ngayon, medyo humahabol na sila. So, Vietnam, which has almost exactly the same level of per capita income as Indonesia and slightly higher than Philippines, just over $4,000. I think $4,300. Well, I mean, you know, they're getting there in that right direction. So, 
yun lang sa akin. So, my concern, my, my worry sometimes is, ang mangyayari na lang sa atin is magsispin-spin na lang tayo. Na, ay, okay lang naman na wala naman tayo. If they, mas nawalan tayo, mas nawalan yung, ng FDA yung kapitbahay natin. Yung marang, pero yung mga kapitbahay natin ay two times, three times more developed than us. At least in terms of per capita income. Right? So, we cannot afford to to have this race to the bottom game situation with them. Now, the slightly better news is the Philippines is expected to have a decent growth next year. Right? But mukhang malabo na we can sustain that 6-7% growth uh, that we are we have been used to in the past almost decade. No? Since 2012 onwards, right? So, siguro ang growth natin is 5.8% for this year. Better than last year na 5, 5.4% lang. Pero still, um, I mean, Philippines, we should be growing 8 to 10% at least. So, that's my worry na medyo yung trend lines ng economy natin is, okay, inflation is coming down, which is great, but the growth is also never, not close to where it should be. We should grow 8 to 10% at least. Dahil, ang baba pa rin ng per capita income natin. So, maraming nagsabi na, ang Pilipinas ang mayaman, ang problema lang distribution. But actually, Philippines, even if na-distribute mo completely equally yung economic wealth sa bansa natin, still we're considered a poor country. Because yung value ng ating exports ay napakababa kumpara sa ibang bansa. You know, kahit tayo isang, you know, kilo ng, I don't know, kahit tayo sako-sako ng mga raw materials ang export natin, yung kabilang bansa, ang export lang nila maliit na cellphone, magkasing level lang yung kanilang halaga. Diba? So, so we, we still have to really significantly develop our economy. And my worry is that sometimes, hanggang mga spin-spin na lang gagawin natin. So, I think it's very important when we compare ourselves to our neighbors, we have to compare ourselves to poorer ASEAN countries that are fa- growing very fast. So I think really Vietnam and Indonesia are a better comparison for us. And both of them, on almost every front, are doing better than the Philippines. So the challenge here for President Marcos Jr. is, I don't know, but I think the challenge here is to come out really with a isang totoong strategy kung saan makonvince talaga itong mga foreign investors na mapunta talaga sa bansa natin at to take a bet on our country. And that's where corruption is important. We have to deal with it. That's where infrastructure development is important. That's where regulatory efficiency and all of those things, red tape reduction is important. But that's where also it's important na may tiwala ang mga investors sa kakayaan ng ating mga top leaders in terms of long-term planning, right? All of those things, right? So, so ito yung mga tinitignan natin ngayon, mga kameta. Alright, thank you very much. God bless. And uh, talk to you soon. Sorry, I think... Oops, I think I pressed the wrong button dito sa... Wait lang. Ay, hindi pala. Andito pala ako. So, hindi mo na... <laughs> Mag-goodbye, sorry. Akala ko na-cut na. Kasi biglang nawala eh. Anyway, I hope ma-appreciate niya. Sorry, ang dal natin. Ang dami natin sinabi. But don't worry, mga kameta. Everything I discuss here, dun sa trade policy, industry policy, Google nyo lang, YouTube nyo lang yan. Meron na tayong mga analysis dyan. And you can Google those things on your own. Alright? But we'll have more discussions on that. Uh, so yeah, it's a mixed bag and uh, it's gonna be a spin game in a certain sense. Opposition will say their own thing, the other side will their own thing. But but as I said, for me, the most fundamental issue is this weird situation whereby 70% say, mahalaga inflation, napaka-urgent. 70% say, hindi sila natutuwa sa ginagawa ng gobyerno. And then 70% are okay, dun sa, sa approval nila ng gobyerno. Like, ano ba, ano, ano, ano ba nangyari dito, di ba? So minsan parang ridiculous na rin yung mga... <laughs> yung mga nakikita natin. Not the survey method, but yung just, yung, yung, yung kalagayan ng ating political, ano, um, culture, to be honest about it. Okay, on that note, thank you very much mga kameta, ka-tiktokers natin, ka-youtubers, and kameta natin sa Facebook. 
I appreciate this long and late. I know late, major late na yung ating intervention. I'll try to come a little bit earlier uh, in in succeeding days, but I hope at least na appreciate na na humabol tayo. Ganong ka, ganong ko kaya kamahal, so inabol natin kahit medyo late na. On that note, thank you very much. God bless and uh, talk to you soon. And malamang salamat also again. Sobrang salamat don sa mga nagpadala ng uh, ng uh, ng tulong doon sa ating mga outreach programs, sa Mindanao Mothers, and uh, i-inform ko po kayo kung meron tayong mga iba, and mag-ipopost ko rin yung pictures ng mga uh, pinadala po natin ng mga outreach program and support, etc. And then, uh, yes, and then of course, kung may recommendations kayo, kayo sa you know, anong mga digital na pwede natin bilhin for, ano, like RX100, I don't know, GoPro, mga, na, I think Gro- GoPro, pwede ko na hiramin yan, meron akong alam. Uh, also, magbigay ka ng technical advice. I, I appreciate that. Alright? Kasi gusto natin medyo upgrade yung mga ibang vlogs natin. Live, we do it as it is, but we want to upgrade it. On that note, thank you very much. God bless and talk to you soon.